that's the sound of Green Hearts of Vegan Vibe. I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's our first. We hope to have many more to come. This podcast will focus on animal rights and environmentalism. It is being produced by two Canadians from Northern Ontario. I am Alex, and beside me I have Brennan. We hope to put out this podcast bi-monthly. Uh, we'll see how that works because Brennan here is going to university in September. Yeah, so it might be a little bit harder to kind of uh, mix the segments. We might just do it kind of like the news. So each of us does a segment and we might try and like uh, do a little bit of uh, mixing so it sounds like we're together. So it might be kind of, we'll see. It, it might be interesting. But physically we'll be apart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be cool though because yeah. we can, you know, do regular segments like that. We can... Pass it off to each other. It might be cool, too, because we're I'll be in southern Ontario, and Alex will be in northern Ontario, so we might be able to get some different takes on things. Yeah, we'll be in different... Geography. Yeah, we'll be in different environments and be learning about different things. Yay. I guess we can talk a little bit about us. Like I said, we're Brendan and Alex, and Brendan will start... Yeah, so hi, I'm Brendan, and I'm the better looking of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big advocate of organic gardening. That's a big big part of my life. I've grown up with kind of a hippie father kind of thing. <laughs> he prefers Renaissance man. Renaissance man, it's true. We've always been very environmentally cautious, uh, conscious, conscious. Good one. And <laughs> we, we lived way up north on James Bay and my dad taught us to respect the, the land and part of that as part of our belief system is organic gardening. That's that's a big part of my life. I really like to walk as much as possible, bike as much as possible. I've started running, which is really good. Um, trying to get in shape, which is taking longer than I had hoped, but I guess that's the way it goes. I've been a vegetarian for a couple months now, very seriously considering veganism, but I do have some health issues that might make that a little more difficult for me. But we're t we'll talk about that later. That's going to be one of our segments. If you're interested about organic um, gardening, we'll also talk about that hopefully on future podcasts. Yep. So you can uh, not only understand it, but hopefully take part in it in your homeland, yep. the motherland. And we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about it a little bit today. Um, gardening in both the city and in a place where you actually have a backyard. Yeah. So that's about it for me. My name is Alex. I am a hardcore commuter. I'm really proud to say that my brother and I biked through our harsh Northern Ontario winters to get to school and to get around town for a whole year. And I think that's pretty impressive because our winters get down to minus 40, which is the same for you Americans. One story in particular, uh, it's just kind of an anecdote. Anecdote? Yeah. Anecdote. <laughs> my brother and I biked to school in the middle of winter, and um, it was the coldest day of the year. So once we got to school, we realized that schools were... Um, because oh no. it was so cold. <laughs> that day was only minus 37, but it was it was definitely a cold ride. But it was kind of worth it because you get to school and, I don't know, you get to school and you feel great because you, you're committed to the environment. Woohoo! Yay! I have recently taken, recently taken to buying things used, which is cool for lots of reasons. You don't need to buy anything new, so you don't need to create a demand for anything. And uh, Retro Look is back in, so it all works out. I am a vegan. And I've been vegetarian for about a year, but recently I've become vegan because I've realized my moral inconsistencies. Specific to this podcast, I don't think we're going to focus a lot on trying to convince people to go vegan as much as trying to educate, getting yourselves to educate yourselves on 
the food system. <laughs> you like that wording, Brendan? Oh, it was, it was brilliant. Brendan had a good way of wording that. Maybe you can... It's just all about questioning why, why we're doing things. Why is it normal to eat meat? Uh, well, considered normal in culture nowadays. Um, why should we dress a certain way? Why should we continue to use petroleum in everything? Um, like Twinkies. Twinkies have petroleum? Well, Twinkies are, are made from oil some way or another. It's, it's really refined. Ew. Yeah, it's really nasty. That's gross. That's like eating Vaseline. Yeah, now that I mention that, maybe it's not oil. Maybe they're made from plant oils, but I'm, I'm, kind of, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, we'll do research up. and we'll put it on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> or, may, or maybe the next show, depending yeah. on how lazy yeah. we are. <laughs> little segue there. We had a request for the first show. Believe it or not, some people knew that we were doing this before we put it out. I'm really proud of this. One day I was walking home with a friend and we made a list of vegetarian and vegan misconceptions. Now, Brennan and I will take turns reading them. Mm -hmm. The first misconception is that most vegetarians and vegans are protein deficient. The myth goes that meat has a special protein that plants do not. So, it's hard to get enough of it. That's why we're so skinny and weak. That's true. And, and skinny jeans help with that. Yeah. Um, in our the first recording of this that we tried, I made a mistake and said that vegans eat skinny jeans. And I thought that was pretty <laughs> entertaining. And we don't. Just so you know. Fish are, in fact, vegetables. Uh, while they don't grow in the ground, some vegetarians eat them. So they must be vegetables. The vast majority of vegetarians and vegans are iron deficient. So we lick nails to make up for the mineral loss. And by nails, we mean like iron nails and not like regular nails. Yeah, that's why you'll see segments of our iron cooking pans missing. <laughs> we kind of saw at them and just gnaw on them throughout the day. Kind of like gum. Uh, we only eat lettuce and carrots. It's rude to serve us anything else. But luckily, most people know that. I'll mention the story that goes with that at the end of these. We are all gay and lesbian. Now, there's nothing wrong with this, and I encourage embracing it, but it seems to be a prerequisite to changing your diet and lifestyle. That's why everyone knows we're gay, right? Mm-hmm. Plants are sentient and can feel pain, so we should eat animals, too, to balance it out. Makes sense. While we have that mentioned, I'll just briefly say that if you actually believe that plants have pain, plants can feel pain, then... You should only eat plants because animals eat more plants than, than we do. I'll talk about that later on in some other show. But right. Well, I mean, if you eat an animal, you're thereby eating all oh, the plants that the animal eats. Okay. Right? Yeah. An animal has to eat 10 pounds of lettuce for every... No! That's a phone. Pause it. Pause. We'll get back. It's good. Okay, we're, we're back. Sorry about that. <laughs> My dad was calling to making sure that we we're all right. Um, back to our list. Chickens are not meat, so it's okay for vegetarians to eat them. Being vegan or vegetarian is really hard. I feel so, like a social alcoholic. Okay, I'm going to start the one over. <laughs> being blah, being oh vegan and vegetarian is really hard. I feel like a social outcast and have no friends other than feminist punks. And... Where did that stereotype come from anyway? I don't even know any vegan feminist punks. I think I met one when I was in Toronto. But really. I guess I'm kind of feminist. Yeah, but you're not a punk. But being male. You have no, you have no tattoos, man. We need, we need tattoos. We need we matching do. tattoos. We're going to, yeah, we'll, we'll take pictures of us putting on like the, the little fake tattoos. Yeah, the temporary tattoos. Yeah, yeah. That's how hardcore we are. We are. Anyone in the animal rights movement is crazy. 
So you should stay away from them because they'll throw paint on you and bomb testing facilities near you. Near you. I sound like a, I feel like I'm on a commercial. I know. Bomb testing facilities near you today. Golly gee. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our list of vegan vegetarian misconceptions. If you have any that you find particularly interesting, maybe you can email us. I'll mention now. I'll mention it later. Our, e- our email is greenhearts at live.ca. And I'll mention it again later when we mention our website URL. Hmm. Off to you, Bren. Um, no. Yeah. No, uh, you were going to mention your trials as vegan. Oh, right. So I've had one bad experience being a vegan so far, which is not that bad, considering that I've gone to a lot of restaurants and had a lot of great and helpful service. As kind of a side note, I think that it's really important to be polite if you have any dietary restrictions. Just be polite and they'll be understanding. I spoke to the chef, not a cook, the chef, about me being a vegan, my being a vegan. I told them that I, I have this specific diet and this, these are things that I can eat, this is what I can't eat. And I even said, this is what I can have. Like I went to an Italian restaurant, so I said, I can have maybe a, a pasta ai olio, which is, you know, pasta cooked with oil, garlic, salt, uh, pepper, and a few other spices. It's really easy to make. I was less than pleased. I even I spoke to the chef the same day to make sure that he knows what table I was at. And um, when dinner started, I was greeted with an intro of raw vegetables. And don't get me wrong, I'm fine with raw vegetables. But sometimes I like to have something with them, maybe a dip of some kind, or a sauce. My primi piatti, which would be your, your first main course, was um, boiled pasta, which is good. I like pasta, but it didn't have anything on it. So it was basically boiled pasta in water, poured into a colander, and then put onto a plate. So luckily there was salt pepper, and chili peppers on the table, which I used to quote-unquote season my dish. Um, but that was actually right, because salt and pasta is good. And then my second plate was three large potatoes, about the size of my foot, <laughs> that were boiled and tasteless. Yeah, and that came with a, a side of um, boiled carrots, which of course were, you know, unseasoned, because that's the way they do things. Uh, it was really gross, so I didn't finish it. And um, that was finished off with a fruit cup which was actually really delicious. I like fruit cups. So I wasn't very pleased with that meal, but I think that in general, it's really easy to be compensated at restaurants if you call ahead. I don't know why they didn't do a good job here. Yeah, and it was kind of sad too, because there's a graduation celebration too. So you'd think that, like it kind of put a little bit of a damper on things. Yeah, like I paid 30 bucks for that meal. (laughs) But nevertheless, I still had a great time because I was was with great friends. Aw, heartwarming. I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Brandon, you're not my friend Uh, Off to you, Brent Okay, so I'm going to talk about my health issues Actually, it's not that bad Um, I have lots of uh, food allergies Which kind of sucks But I don't know what I'm missing anyways So it doesn't suck that much I'm allergic to pretty much all of the alternative proteins Yeah, Yeah. that's safe to say (laughs) Yeah, so I'm allergic to soy All nuts Half of the legumes, which includes peanuts. <laughs> nuts. And, yeah. <laughs> Alex is mature. Peanuts and peas. Oh, black-eyed peas. Go into more detail with legumes. You're allergic to lentils. Lentil. Well, lentils aren't legumes. No, but I count them as legumes. Okay. Uh, did I say soy? I think I said soy. You said soy, but you didn't say chickpeas. Chickpeas, that's part of the legumes. Yeah. I can still make hummus, though, with white beans, so if you're allergic to chickpeas or gar- gar- blah, gar- blah, blah, garbanzo beans, beans. <laughs> can you tell that I'm not Italian? Okay, uh, you can just make it with, substitute it for white beans, and it actually 
surprisingly taste like garbanzo beans because I've actually, I used to be able to eat them and I remember the flavor. And yeah, so that's cool. Um, You're also allergic to cats. Cats. Um, but it's a good thing that we don't eat cats. Yeah. Or lick them. Yep. Well. I try to refrain from licking cats. Sometimes it's unavoidable, but. They're really cute. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sometimes it's hard. Yeah. I pet cats. I don't lick them. I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, <laughs> they I'm have to clean themselves somehow. Yeah. I'm allergic to fur and feathers, so I'm pretty much allergic to all animals, so that's kind of special. I'm luckily not allergic to anything that's outside as far as plants go, so that's that's awesome. Yeah, well, so this is going to be a regular... Se- we'll have a regular segment on our show about these kind of things and alternate ways of eating. We won't We won't gear it completely to my needs because I know that... It's not... I know that there are other people out there like me, but I don't know if there's so many people exactly with all of my allergies, so we'll give you kind of bits and pieces. Yeah. If I find something cool like the hummus thing, um, I'll let you guys know. And I'm going to go try and visit a dietitian or nutritionist soon. Um, I don't know how that's going to work because I have an appointment with the doctor right before I leave for university, so I might have to do that down south, but... I'll keep you posted. I'll tell. I'll pass on some of that knowledge. That's about it as far as my allergies go. Yeah. So if you have any allergies, make sure to stay tuned to our future episodes because uh, I think that you'll find them very helpful. Yeah. We have a few regular segments that we hope to keep on this show. The first of which is the spice of the week. Uh, this spike. This this spike. <laughs> this spice is by the name of asafoetida. I will put a recipe regarding it in the show notes. Yeah. It will be delicious. Alex has adapted it from something... Yeah, I found a recipe that was a mango pickle on the internet, but it didn't really suit to my needs, so I changed it, and I think it's a lot better. Sorry, internets. Oh, this brings us to... um, We're thinking of coming up with a cookbook that will include an allergy section kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on that. Um, We're going to be... We've worked on a few recipes already, which is cool. I have some allergy-free vegan cupcakes. And look forward to the world's best tomato sauce. Yeah. And Alex is very Italian, so we're going to have lots of Italian. Um, I'm part Irish and French. So, so lots of potatoes. Lots of potatoes. Oh my god, you have no idea. So Actually, we'll... now that we bring up potatoes, maybe um, we can consider adding that recipe of your grandfather's in there. My great-grandfather, actually. Great-grandfather. Yeah. Potatoes are delicious. Yep. They're so versatile. Indeed. Before we go on to our next segment, I just wanted to mention that asafoetida smells like feet and tastes delicious. So if you live near a big city, you should go there and pick up some asafoetida to try it. It's totally worth the money. But make sure you look up a recipe or try the one that I have posted before you mess around with it, because if you use it wrong or use too much of it, it will suck. I also (laughs) suggest sticking earplugs in your nose so you don't have to smell it. (laughs) Maybe not, but it's... (laughs) You're not selling this very well. (laughs) But it's delicious. You should buy some. Okay. The segue from sucking to articles doesn't exist. So here we go to articles. No, I lied. Brennan's going to talk about gardening. <laughs> okay, so a lot of... When you go to the grocery store, you can normally choose from conventionally grown food items and organic. The way I th- see it, organic does not have any pesticides or extraneous chemicals added. So why would you choose 
if you have if you have the choice, go organic because you're not putting extra poisons into your body uh, or your loved ones. The uh, one big thing that I think is that we should always be questioning what we're eating, what we're consuming, um, as far as like buying things and stuff like that. Throughout this podcast, I hope that we get you thinking just a little bit more about what you eat. Even if, you, even if you're just considering what we're talking about, I think we've succeeded. I, th- I think you should question where your food comes from, how it was prepared, how far it, ha- it had to travel to get to your supermarket or table. I think local, healthy, organic. And seasonal. Seasonal, too. That's a that's big part of local, too. Yeah, it is. You can't buy local and seasonal food. No. <laughs> no. So the things that we grow in our garden... We're pretty far north too. We're we're in a zone three, in in the growing uh, maps. I'm impressed. You know that good work. And it's always changing too. So I think they updated it. So we might be. It's either two or three, two B or three B. I can't remember exactly. But anyways, in our zone, in my backyard alone, we grow apples, raspberries, strawberries, potatoes, garlic, lettuce, tomatoes, beans, peas, turnips, and even grapes. Oh, and we also grow pumpkins too. And the pumpkins last year were actually pretty big, and it was really cool. We carved them. Well, my parents carved them because I'm not. I wasn't there. I was at university. But they carved one for Halloween, and it was pretty cool. I saw pictures. So yeah. We can also grow um, basil quite well up here. Oh yes. Brennan has lots of basil. They're huge. And we can grow pretty much any variety of lettuce, including uh, arugula, which is commonly called rocket. Yeah, we grow that too. Zucchini. Chickpeas. We can grow chickpeas. Uh, soybeans as well. My dad tried those. I had to stay away. I, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. And if you're just getting started in the whole gardening world and you're not sure exactly what's going to grow in your area, seeds are really cheap. People, lots of people are going to hate me now. But I really don't think that you should go to the garden center and pick up ready-made plants. <laughs> Because seeds, it's like $3 for like 50 seeds, and you really don't need 50 seeds unless you have a big garden, right? Yeah. So, and if you're just uh, uh, starting up, just grab a whole bunch of random things that you like to eat out of the supermarket, plant them, water them, and whatever survives, survives, and you grow the next year. Yeah. So, and I also suggest getting open pollinated. That's really, really important and really cool because you can actually save your seeds. My dad does that with tomatoes. In the future, if I remember, I'll maybe put post in the uh, show notes how to harvest tomato seeds because uh, you have to ferment them and all that. It's, it's kind of cool. So um, maybe you could identify what open-pollinated seeds are because I've never heard that oh. term before. A lot of the hybrid plants, when you hear the, the term hybrid, it means that they produce vegetables and stuff kind of asexually. Okay. It just produces it without any helped by from bees or other insects bmo yes and that's that's generally bad but if you get some of the hybrid tomatoes and stuff they're very reliable so if you're just starting off personally i don't mind eating a hybrid tomato if it's grown organically and in my own soil we'll talk about gmos and yeah many of our shows yeah like it's not ideal but i mean if you're just starting out and you need something that'll grow easy then yeah. that's good but Go open pollinated. Right. Um, and that would be labeled on seed boxes? Yeah. Look for organic uh, seed producers. You, there's a ton in Ontario alone. And I'm sure there's lots of American ones. But you can always get it shipped from Canada if you really want. 
if you are just getting started out, like I said, you can go and talk to your neighbors. Wow, that sounds like an unusual concept. What do they grow? Maybe coworkers? What the uh, kind of things they've heard can be grown in your area? We were, what, I had a teacher once that uh, I was helping out and he actually showed me that his mother was growing grapes in her backyard and we couldn't believe it. And they're like Concord grapes, like those uh, thick skinned, dark purple grapes. And we couldn't believe it and they're so tasty. My mom actually made, cans them, and makes uh, Concord grape jelly. So you can have like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh baby. And it's so good. We didn't realize that in our northern climate, there was a grape that grows really well. In my backyard, we have it growing up a trellis, and it's about six, seven feet tall. And it's crazy, and it's all about micro, um, micro environments and finding hardy plants that will grow in your area. And I mean, I'm assuming that most people will live south of us that are listening to our podcast, so... Or maybe at the same latitude as us because yeah. nobody listens to us yet. <laughs> we have five subscribers. Yay! And I think they're just us on different computers. <laughs> but so, that was a long time ago, so maybe it's updated. Hopefully. And if you're listening to this, yay. Yeah, thanks for subscribing, guys. Yeah. Um, you don't have to pay to subscribe. We hope to keep it that way because we don't want to take your money. Yeah. So we really appreciate any support that we receive. And really, feel free to send us emails. We want some stuff to talk about from you guys for you guys. Yep. So that kind of rambling segment, I'm sorry about that. There's a lot of information to cover in this subject, and I'm really passionate about it. So I'm going to try next time to just pick one subject <laughs> and talk about it. Yeah, that leads us to some possible possible articles. <laughs> I've got to stop reading the labels. Yeah. That leads us to some articles that we found on the internet. And, Brennan, you want to start? Sure. Well, actually, I've been talking for a while. Maybe okay. we should listen to your voice. I'll go. I found this article in the Vancouver Sun. I'll read the beginning. In Vancouver, an environmental activist on BC's north coast said Tuesday he took direct action to raise awareness of a consortium of U.S. and Canadian scientists planning to launch a seismic program aimed at unraveling geological secrets of the Coast Mountains. Uh, for those of you that, that don't know, direct action refers to um, usually illegal action that defines uh, defacing property. In a statement, Ingmar Lee said that at 8 a.m. Tuesday, he went to the Denny Island airstrip and, quote, broke open the welded steel cover and dismantled and destroyed a large seismic shot which was slated for blasting in the early morning hours. He says he took this action alone without the participation or knowledge of any other person, association, or organization. He continues on to say that he accepts full and sole responsibility for his action and looks forward to the consequences. Uh, he is a resident of the small island off of BC's north coast and says that he destroyed the shot because there has been no prior community information, consultation, or discussion whatsoever with anyone here on the island regarding this massive detonation. I'm just going to stop there for a second and talk about that. So it's really important to A, get involved in your community and see what's happening. Um, for us, that would be uh, regarding nuclear waste. They're thinking about uh, having nuclear waste storage in Timmins, so that's something that we need to look into as a community and decide whether or not we want it. We can cover the ethics of nuclear waste in another show. But the important thing to draw to this article is you need to be active in your community and learn what's going on, how you can protect your environment, 
and what you feel about things that are happening in your community. Yeah, personally, I don't think that we should tech, take that kind of direct action against these, because that's pretty dangerous. Right. Going out and disarming explosives, as far as I can understand, that's what he was doing. Yeah. I think if you raise, like, raise a little bit of cane in the, <laughs> in the media. Yeah. If, if you bring it up, then that's, that's more of a passive way of doing it. I don't, I don't subscribe to the in-your-face kind of things that, that turns me right off of everything. I agree. That's why I, I'm kind of an antisocial kind of person. <laughs> I, <laughs> He's I really, a loser. <laughs> yeah, I really don't like the way that uh, culture, North American culture, the direction that it's going in right now. It's very in-your-face and base, I find. Yeah. I, I kind of stuff. Anyways. Particular to this situation, um, I'm sure Brennan agrees with me that we disagree on um, illegal activities to, yes. to prove your point. I mean, listen, I agree with taking uh, action, but I agree with Brennan in saying that media attention is a great way to do it. And the media is more than willing to listen to your story, especially if you're going against what the quote-unquote norm would be considered. And that's a great way to get people in your community involved in whatever you're rallying for. Yeah. I'll just end with a quote that is in this article. It states that all environmental safety and regulatory requirements established by the government agencies will be strictly followed for the blasts. This was a quote by the company who was planning the seismic blasts, and I think that I'd like to speak to that. In many professional pieces of literature that, well, especially regarding the environment, they'll say things, things like this, right? They'll say they're following strict rules regarding government guidelines. And you have to wonder what those government guidelines are. Where can you find them? What do they mean? Because for the most part, they're, they're very weak guidelines. And it's just something that the um, companies can use so that the general person thinks that what they're doing is, is safe and a lot of times it's not. So it's really important to just kind of just keep yourself informed, do your research, and yeah. yeah. I'll have this uh, the URL to the article in the show notes so you can check it out if you'd like. There's a little bit more. I didn't read the whole thing. And Brennan will continue on with another article that he found. Okay, so very recently, I mean like in the past couple days, some... I can't even call them hunters, because that's an insult to hunters. These nitwits from <laughs> Saskatchewan, I believe, went out on a joyride and decided that, oh, I'm going to take a shotgun and shoot some ducks that are floating in a pond. First of all, it's not duck season. Second of all, we don't condone this. <laughs> it, it's just, I'll, I'll read you the, the article. It's just ridiculous. Uh, three Saskatchewan men charged after a YouTube video showed ducklings being shot illegally have uh, indicated to a judge that they intend to plead guilty. So first of all, they're shooting ducklings. That's how manly they are. David Fraser, James Fraser, and Jeremy Rollins made a brie brief appearance in a Saskatoon Provincial Court Monday and are scheduled to be back in court in the afternoon. They've been charged with violating federal and provincial wildlife protection laws. Uh, one of the men told the, ju the judge Monday morning they want to deal with their charges as soon as possible, suggesting guilty pleas are in the offing. The video, which has been viewed more than 60,000 times on the popular website, shows the men repeatedly firing a rifle at a waterfowl swimming in ponds, sometimes firing from inside the car. So first of all, they're shooting at ducklings. Second of all, it's from inside a car. And you can actually watch this. It's on, it's on the Canadian news here. It's pretty disgusting. 
That's sick. Who watches that online? I don't know. Apparently a lot of people. Yeah. In one part of the four-minute video, the carcass of one bird is repeatedly blasted by one of the men, giggling as he heard throughout. Okay, my hair just stood up. That's disgusting. So there was a reward. There were rewards offered by animal rights groups, and like PETA. <laughs> I don't know if it was PETA. <laughs> we'll talk about say. PETA in later episodes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those crazy fools. All three men were charged with hunting migratory birds out of season and using a rifle to hunt migratory birds. Okay, well, rifles are huge. If you lo- if you see this video, the the gun is huge, and the like when the birds are hit, this is pretty graphic. When they're hit, they like their bodies fly like it, it's it's bad. Just don't don't watch it if you. Clearly, it's it's joy killing. Yeah, and it's sick and like I don't understand. Even if you do eat meat, I don't understand how you could enjoy something like that. Yeah, especially like like they're shooting the carcass of a dead animal multiple times. I mean, really, that's that's really sadistic. Like you've got to be something wrong with you. Yeah, and. and Oftentimes, this has been, like, the sadistic idea of, of killing animals um, and abusing them has been linked to abuse in homes. There's yeah. a very strong correlation there. So these people who are out there joy-killing and shooting dead carcasses of animals repeatedly might be reflecting some sort of violence in their own households. But we can't really speculate on that because we don't know who these people are. But there's something wrong with them when they're acting like that. Yeah. Let's go yeah. on to something happier. Let's, Let's get hippie. Yay. We have uh, another regular segment, the Hip Tip of the Week. And maybe Brennan will talk about this because our Hip Tip of the Week is composting. Woo! Yay. So composting, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Gardening, yay! Be short, man. Okay, compost. It's the ultimate recycling. It's, there's no better way of reducing your garbage than to set up a container. It doesn't even have to be one of those plastic containers if you don't want to support the petroleum (laughs) (laughs) if you're really hardcore (laughs) yeah if you're really hardcore we have 11 compost bins in our backyard that's that's that just speaks to how crazy you are yeah yeah so we have 11 one of which was most of them are recycled most of them are broken that we picked off the street on garbage collection day so (laughs) there you go that's a good way of getting them us another way is to just make it out of wood and wire if you want so it's kind of an art form. I'm not, no, not really. Uh, all you have to do is throw all your kitchen scraps, and obviously if you're listening to this, well, I can't really say obviously because I don't know who you are, but you're probably thinking in terms of ve- vegetarianism or veganism, so you're not going to have any animal products. So awesome. You're just going to have plants. So you just throw all your plant material into your compost. compost. So that would include things from the kitchen table, uh, clippings from grass, branches from, like, small branches from trees, leaves that you've raked up in the fall, that kind of stuff. Uh, you put that in, and then you... It's important to add a little bit of soil to your mix, because otherwise you're not going to... There won't be enough air in there, and it'll help it break down, and it won't smell, which is nice. Yeah. Because a, a lot of people complain that compost smells, but properly and you turn it regularly so just get a pitchfork or a shovel and just kind of poke around in there a little bit and it won't smell as long as you have enough air in there and you'll see this attracts like thousands of earthworms 
and it's it's the most beautiful thing. Organic gardening attracts tons and tons of beneficial insects. So the and there's no point in spraying because you have beneficial insects and other insects that are going to eat your plants, but the beneficial insects are going to eat the insects that are eating your plants. They're natural enemies. So so it's an equilibrium. We, yeah, you just have to create your equilibrium and you'll have a really healthy environment to grow your vegetables in and it's actually cheaper than buying at the store if you can imagine that. In the summer, my family really doesn't gr uh, buy any vegetables from the supermarket and we're basically all vegetarians in my house. Some of them are flexitarian. I think what Brennan's trying to say is they're they're very very supportive of uh, Brennan and his sister's diets, which are both vegetarian. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what they mostly eat is vegetarian, and they've been really helpful. I think that we should commend them publicly. Okay, so that's pretty much it. So just remember food scraps, grass clippings, plus a little bit of soil, turn it regularly, and love your soil. We also have a book of the week. Bum, bum, bum. Silent Spring. Yay. I saw this in a bookstore, actually. I was going to pick it up, but then I was just going to borrow it from you. Yeah, I'm going to lend it to Alex when I'm done. So this book was written by Rachel Carson, and she was a, a marine biologist in the States during the 50s and 60s. The book was written in 1962. It covers... It's pretty much an account of what, what she saw in her culture at that time. She really disagreed with the whole spraying of pesticides and... Being a marine biologist, she saw the effect of this on stuff, on stuff, on animals, on, <laughs> and on animals like birds and fish and insects. To me, I think that she's pretty much the mother of environmentalism. She's she's awesome. She, she's brilliant. In the book, she covers. It, it's it's crazy. It's written kind of like a scientific paper, but she she makes it easy on us. So she doesn't put quotes right in the text. She cites them in the back in a big list of references so it's heavily refer referenced i really suggest reading it at least part of it because you'll be really informed as to what what humans have actually pumped into our horror environments yeah it's it's actually kind of scary at parts i've just kind of closed the book and went oh wow i wonder like i really do wonder how much of this stuff is still left in our environment yeah, you've got to wonder. And it kind of scares me because DDT is DDT is a real big uh, pesticide that she uh, covers. And if you've taken any biology or chemistry courses, you've probably talked a little bit about it or heard about it in the media. It kills just about everything and harms anything that comes in contact with it. It's, it's death spray. Yeah, it's pretty awful. And they use it quite extensively in the 50s. Especially in the 50s. It, yeah. So it's, it's a great book. You should pick it up. Yep. And we hope to talk about a lot of books in these podcasts because yep. we're pretty literate people. Might not always be environmental and animal rights. We might just throw in a... Fun book. Fun book. Not yeah. that these books aren't fun. Some of them are really interesting. Yeah. Speaking of being liberate, literate, I have a quote from a very literate young lad who lives in the United States. His name is Jordan Protano Byrne. In a recent article that was published about him, he says that there are myriad forms of activism, so there is no excuse for slacktivism. I thought it was just great in general. It's pretty cool. He's talking about animal rights, but this, this goes to everything. Get active in your community and do something that you believe in. Mm -hmm. Get involved with your local 
Yeah, I can do gardening again. Like, it's a disease. <laughs> Get involved oh. with your local uh, community gardens. Or yeah. go and volunteer at a humane society. Yeah, that's what I do. Alex does that, and that's really cool. I can't do that because I'd probably swell up really badly. Yeah, because you're allergic to everything there. Yeah. Everyone yeah. there. Yeah. So that's it for our radio show this, this week. I hope it's not too long. I really, 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 really hope that some of you listeners can send us feedback as to whether you want the show is longer, shorter, whether you want anything different covered. Or criticize the way that we're... Please, tell us we suck and why. Yeah, because so I don't it. know if I'm speaking too fast or too slow or if I need to stop saying um or laughing strangely. <laughs> on, on the note of criticism, the only criticism that I ask you leave out is that our, our audio sucks. We know that our audio sucks, and I'm sorry you have to max out your speakers to listen to us, but we're working on it. We've tried, I don't know, at least five different microphones over the past two weeks. We try. If you have it, if you know anything about GarageBand, please tell us how we can plug in two microphones at the same time. Yeah. Because we, we both brought these, like, nice headsets, and we plugged them in, and only one worked at a time. So maybe if you have any information on that, please let us know, because it was really disappointing. Also... If you, uh, listeners, podcast, or have any blogs, please send us your blogs and podcasts so we can uh, comment on them if you'd like us to, and just in general so we can follow them because we want to know what you guys are up to. Yeah. So you can reach us. You can email us at greenhearts at live.ca. You can visit our website at www.greenheartsveganvibe.blogspot.com. I'm sorry for the, the long URL. We're trying to work on something a little bit shorter. We'll see if that pans out. And um, we just recently updated our website, so it's nice and pretty. It's pretty flashy. We've got pictures of us, so uh, try to um, not faint when you see our beautiful faces. We're pretty attractive. Yeah, we are pretty attractive people. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty conceited, too. So that's it for this show. You can email us at greenhearts at live.ca, www.greenheartsveganvibe.blogspot.com. And to end, we're going to put a little bit of our bloopers in. So I hope you enjoy Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast. Yeah. We love you. Bye. Not a good idea. It's nice and square, so it should fit in a little box. They need a personal bubble. Yeah. Um. 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 Um, 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 and, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I just well, derailment, but we do not at all <laughs> we do suggest not that you go and disarm <laughs> explosives. Uh, yeah, that's not so safe. Oh, whales. Woo-hoo. Yay. The distance requirements for being close to the whales. I want to protect him, man. (laughs) (laughs) We went uh, for a long walk. um, And if you live in northern Ontario, or if you have been to northern Ontario, and I mean like northern northern Ontario, not (laughs) Muskokans. Alex started to bleed. We love everyone. Just get out. This will be especially important because Brennan's allergic to half of everything in the world, so it's going to be really interesting to see how it works out. I don't even care if your cause is against mine. At least you're doing something. Well, okay, no, I care if your cause is against us, but, <laughs> but still, it's good to take a stand yeah. and, and do something. Emails. <laughs>
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not that way. <laughs> we had to eat a ton of basil to uh, yeah, fix our breath. I'm just glad that this is audio and not a smell cask. <laughs> smell cask? Meat has a special protein that plants do not have. That was bad. <laughs> Meat has a special protein that plants do not have. <laughs> so, so it's hard to get enough. Yeah. All vegans eat, eat skinny jeans. <laughs> oh my god. Nice. It's, it's delicious and we just keep it kind of in the closet. <laughs> Continue on with my story. It was actually the fruit cup was really good. I was really happy with that. Ah, what a tangent. So if you live near a testing facility, you should run away. Yeah. They're going to blow you up. Real fast. Kind of wild mountain goat. Lost my spot. Wait for it. <laughs> You're doing really well. I know. This is just great. I should have prepared this a little better. Um, and this has happened before. What do you think about that? Probably Mammoths are kind of furry. We can make rugs out of them. That's not <gasps> vegan. <laughs> Whoa! Some sort of copyright infringement, I'm sure. I've got an idea. Let's let's take a drink at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Which was poorly read. It wasn't nice. It's like sticking a firecracker in a human's arm. Anyway, so clearly he thought about what he was doing. He wasn't crazy. You can follow us like scary 30-year-old stalkers. Yeah. And we don't care if you are, because at least we'll have listeners then. Yeah. 